For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Romans 1.16 With that comes the title of this message, Unafraid and Unashamed. this episode is to encourage you to be unafraid and unashamed for Yahweh. And my prayer is that the barriers that are preventing you from walking in your faith boldly will be dismantled. And likewise, I pray that the chains of shame or embarrassment that are keeping you from praising Yahweh freely would be broken in the mighty name of Yeshua. We serve a good God. As for kings, he is the king of kings. As for power and strength, he is the El Shaddai, the Almighty God. As for legacy, he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. As for our author, he is the author and finisher of our internal salvation. As for a judge, he is the righteous judge. As for our accolades, there is no one above nor beside him. As for creativity, he is the only creator. He is a deliverer that is always on time. As for love, he loved us while we were yet still sinners. He is the builder of all things, the chief cornerstone, a consuming fire, the comforter, the way, the truth, the life, the door, our life, our bread. He is faithful and true. He's our maker, our rock, the giver of everything good. He is love, joy, he is peace. He is our shield. He's a generous giver, a good, good father, our shepherd. He is the lover of our souls, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. He is holy, holy, holy. Brothers and sisters, we serve a great God. Sometimes we tend to forget all that he is and all that he has done. In order to encourage you to be unafraid and unashamed, I first wanted to remind you of who your God is, for truly there is no one like him. Just like he is holy, we are all called to be holy, set apart unto him, which comes with a battle between the spirit and flesh, good and evil. We will face some resistance, for there is no secret that Yahweh's word is against many of the mindsets, the movements, the entertainment options and beliefs that this world is accepting of. Yeshua himself was hated for walking in truth and pointing out the lies of not only the world, but of those who claim to follow him as well. Following Yahweh comes with being mocked, ridiculed, hated, and often mistreated because of your beliefs in him. Because of this, some may be afraid to stand for righteousness due to the effect it would have on their friendships their jobs, their image, etc. But I want to encourage you to be bold and stand firm in your faith. I believe David showed us how to be unafraid and unashamed when living for Yahweh. 
David was a young man when Goliath and the Philistines challenged Israel. And for the sake of not going over the story again, I'm sure most of you may know it. I want to highlight a few main points within their encounter. Let's first note that David was a man after Yahweh's own heart. Not only that, but there was someone who was against David. There was someone who was against Yahweh. Thirdly, no one in Israel wanted to fight Goliath. And the last two points are such. David wasn't trained to be a soldier. And not only that, David not only shared his faith with Yahweh, but he also backed it up in action. From these points, we can see what it takes to be unafraid and unashamed in Yahweh. So let's start with David being a man after Yahweh's own heart. If you are finding it difficult to do what's right when your faith is being tested, you may have to reflect and decide if you are still on Yahweh's side and after his heart. When one isn't fully surrendered to Yahweh, facing crosswords in life will always be a toss-up because their faith will waver. When your heart and mind is trying to agree with two opposite sides, you'll find yourself compromising somewhere. Therefore, ask yourself, are you for Yahweh or are you looking to be friends with the world? There are a few signs that can help you distinguish if you are indecisive of what side you are on. There are a few signs that can help you distinguish which side you are on. Sign number one, do you only represent the kingdom when you're around like-minded people, but when you're around others, you are a different person. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14-15, it says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Bilal? Or what portion does a believer share with the unbeliever? We were called to be light in the midst of the darkness. We were called to be separate, holy, set apart. We are not supposed to look like the world, talk like the world, and think like the world. We have been made new in Christ Yeshua. Therefore, our lifestyle should not be hard to distinguish between the world. Too often, we want to fit in, we want to blend in with the rest of the world, so we start to compromise on our faith and do the things that we know that we shouldn't do. I think it's time that we stop ignoring the scripture that says, bad company corrupts good morals. Let's look into sign number two. Do you disagree with the standards of righteousness, yet agree more with the world in pleasing your flesh? Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do as a believer we have made that decision to lay our will aside for the will of the lord but our flesh wants to do its own thing it has its own cravings its own pleasures that it desires and those in the world who do not know yeshua will walk in those desires and therefore a lot of their understandings and, and movements will all come into alignment with pleasing their flesh. And if you find yourself coming into alignment with a lot of these theories, doctrines, beliefs that are opposed to the scripture, then you may be a bit more worldly than you think. Given that's not always the case, usually new believers are not well learned in the word so it leaves a lot of room for mistakes and misunderstandings. But I also want to mention that I am not casting judgment 
on anyone. I'm simply here to encourage you to pick a side and to be on that side with boldness and to not be ashamed or afraid to proclaim it. Sign number three. Did you know that the world loving you is a sign you might be more worldly than you think? In John 15 verse 19, it says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. If after your reflection, you find that your commitment to Yahweh isn't solidified, I want to encourage you to rededicate your life to him this time be truly a man or a woman after Yahweh's heart and stand for righteousness even when it isn't easy. When looking at the second key point in the David and Goliath, we see that there will be people against the things of Yah, which makes them against you. There is no secret that the darkness does not like the light. Therefore, when you are actively walking in Yahweh, you will lose friends jobs, you will be called a lame, ridiculed, hated, etc. The Philistines mocked all of Israel along with Yahweh. What makes us any different? How about I make this a bit more up to date? Today there is a thing called cancel culture in which if you say something that goes against a major belief that the culture agrees upon, then you will be canceled, labeled a bigot, homophobic, sexist, you name it. They can get your social media platforms taken down, get you fired, even get you expelled from school or dropped from sponsorships. On a minor scale, you will be gossiped about, alienated, probably bullied for having such an extreme difference of opinion than the majority. But don't be afraid of this. Instead, face it head on for Matthew 10, 32-33 says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. The praises of men only go but so far. And to be honest, they will find something else to not like about you even if you believe just like them on these topics. If you struggle with wanting to fit in and not wanting to lose friends or be alienated, don't forget that Yahweh has a huge family and we are here to support you. We are going in the same direction as you, which is closer to Yahweh. Though we may not be your best friend just yet, if you give us a try, you'll find that people of y'all are amazing. Key point number three. No one in Israel wanted to fight Goliath. It's interesting that no one wanted to fight Goliath. Though Yahweh has given Saul many victories, no one wanted to stand up. Given around this time, Saul has been tripping, so Yahweh's favor has been removed from him. But still, not one soldier stood up. This showed me that just like David, we will have to be willing to stand firm on our faith even if others aren't. When in a room, we have to have the boldness to still shine even if others are choosing not to. It's so easy for us to go with the crowd. When you see 50 other people quit, the pressure to quit yourself intensifies. But we are more than conquerors in Yeshua. Therefore, we can stand when everyone else decides to waver. Remember this the next time your friend groups want you to get drunk and party or when the plans for the day do not align with what Yahweh is telling you to do. 
choose to be on y'all's side. You don't have to give in, for Yahweh has given you the power over sin. We're going to take a quick intermission and be right back. back in the first half we talked about the three different key points tied to David and Goliath and those points were that one David was a man after Yahweh's own heart number two was there was someone who was against David Yah's people and Yahweh and key point number three was that no one in Israel wanted to fight Goliath and we're going to continue here on key point four Key point four stated that David was not a trained soldier. Sometimes we are afraid to stand for Yahweh because we believe we aren't trained or equipped. People will challenge your beliefs. It's inevitable. You can't avoid it. For how can someone say that they have faith when it hasn't been tested? As long as you are reading your word like you should be and studying to show yourself approved, then this isn't something you have to be scared of. Make more space for studying and start preparing material on specific topics that you notice get brought up a lot. The thing about debates is that if it's done properly, it is a decent way to sharpen your sword, spread the gospel, and glorify Yahweh. If you are afraid that you aren't mature enough in the word to have conversations on the beliefs you uphold, then get more active in your reading life, Bible studies, take notes during sermons, and graves from elders. They are always having deep conversations about the word. Sometimes I just sit and listen to them. Ultimately, this is your responsibility for no one can prepare you to defend your faith if you do not put any effort into growing it yourself. Which brings me to my fifth point. David not only shared his faith, but he put action behind it. The moment he heard the threats being made toward Yahweh and his people, he immediately spoke up. He didn't go the easy route which would have been to just keep it in his head and go on about his day, hoping that someone else would step up. David wasn't afraid to stand on his faith, not just in word, but in deed. He told Saul that he would fight the uncircumcised Philistine in Yahweh's name, for he was a man that understood that Yahweh will fight the battle for him. Yahweh kept him in the past encounters with a bear and a lion. Therefore, he saw Goliath just the same. Our faith will be tested in a variety of ways. Some minor situations, some tough ones, but the size of the test doesn't matter when we have the same God that never changes in our corner. If you are afraid that Yahweh won't provide for you, if you are afraid that Yahweh won't help you through your situation, then I want you to think back to when Yahweh was there for you. Remind yourself of his faithfulness and then walk in that boldness that Yahweh will make a way Now, this doesn't mean that you will get the result that you want, but that Yahweh will get the glory out of even your toughest situations. David clarified that Goliath came with a sword and a spear, but David came in the name of the Lord, which shows that this was not for his own benefit, but to bring glory to Yahweh. Which brings me to all five points. David was a man after Yahweh's own heart. There was someone who was against David, who was against Yah's people, ultimately being against Yahweh. No one in Israel wanted to fight Goliath. David wasn't trained as a soldier. And David not only shared his faith in Yahweh, but he also backed it up in action. 
from these five points, we can see what being unafraid in Yahweh looks like. It's being fully after Yahweh's own heart, undoubtedly his. It's accepting that the world won't like you, yet not dimming your light to be light. Being unafraid will have you standing up for y'all's kingdom when there is pressure to stand down. It's understanding that we find our strength in him, so where you may lack, he is full of. And it's not being afraid to share your faith, yet being willing to walk in it. Again, I want to encourage you to not be afraid to walk in faith in Yahweh. But I also want to encourage you to be unashamed of the gospel. Be unashamed in praising Yahweh to your fullest. We all have witnessed how crazy fans can get when rooting for a player or a favorite team. When it comes to football, face paint comes out, outfits, mascots, dancing, singing. Now, how dare I not mention the wave that goes around the stadium. They boast of their team's accolades and debate on how great one's stat line is. People go out their way to sit in the snow or stand in freezing weather to support their team. Because they have so much faith in their player or team, they are willing to show it whether people are looking or not. If they can do that for teams that will be beat, players that will be surpassed, legacies that will be forgotten, why is it difficult for us to give Yahweh the praise? I started this sermon off by going over how great Yahweh is, and to be honest, he's much greater than that. For I don't think any amount of words can do him justice. He is the one who will forever be, the one whom there is nobody like, our champion, the overcomer of death. He never lost a battle. He is the most high God, and yet we find some way to be ashamed to give him the praise he deserves. The problem is we care too much about what other people think of us and it literally will prevent us from doing even the basic things. David loved Yahweh so much that he wrote so many songs unto him. He played instruments. He always gave Yahweh the glory he deserved as well as went all out in a praise dance. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, you can read about this performance that David put on for Yahweh. And it reads, And David danced before the Lord with all his might and David was girded with a linen ephod. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Saul's daughter Michal looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Often people resist lifting up their hands, clapping, shouting, dancing, etc., all because they think someone will be looking at them. In the passage, we read that David was dancing with all of his might. And guess what, people? was watching him and one even despised him but did that stop him from praising Yahweh no when someone is watching you does that make Yahweh any less good to you if I'm to be honest more times than not no one is watching you but if they are continue to give Yahweh the praise for he inhabits the praises of his people do not let a rock take your place and do not let pride stop you from giving Yahweh praise if you are someone who doesn't like being told what to do, then this message may cause you to be a little resistant. But just know that this isn't my goal. My goal is to encourage you to put all of your pride, fear, and shame aside for the one who laid his life down for you. One day I wish everyone here can quote Romans 1.16 and say that they are unashamed of the gospel. I want to take a moment to share with you all part of my life. Back in high school, my cousin and I thought that it would be fun to walk to the wreck and play a little bit of basketball. 
On our way there, we ended up walking past our school's gym entrance, in which we heard whistles and shoes squeaking on the gym floor. I remember having a confused look on my face as I thought to myself, is there a basketball game going on right now? Out of curiosity, we walked into the gymnasium only to find out that there was a volleyball game. I looked at my cousin and he looked at me and we decided to stay and watch. The moment I sat down, I noticed one player and her jersey number was number four. Immediately, she caught my eye and it was as if she was the only one out there for my eyes wandered not. They were fixed on her beauty. I liked her so much that I began to make a fool of myself. Every time they took her out the game, I would yell, boo, put number four back in. Every time she scored, I would clap my hands as loud as I could, yelling, yeah, let's go number four. Everyone in the stands was laughing, and I remember seeing her team's bench giggling and pointing at me, but I didn't care. To me, she was worth it. I didn't care who thought I was crazy. I didn't care who thought I was foolish, nor did I care who thought I was embarrassing myself. For what I did that day, got the young lady that is now my wife to notice me. And I want to ask you, is your eyes fixed on Yahweh? Does your love for him burn so strong that you are willing to bring glory to his name despite the responses that you will receive? If your answer is yes, let this not be just with your lips, but just like David, show it. Not because I'm telling you to, but because it's true to you and because Yahweh deserves it because he does. So with that, I want to encourage you to do what 2 Timothy 2.15 says. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Let's be both unashamed and unafraid to live for Yahweh, no matter what that looks like. No matter the outcome, the backlash, the hate shown, for we know that this world is not our home, and that what Yahweh has for us is far greater than what men can provide. Like always, I share this message with you out of love for your soul. Thank you for listening.